3: And now part two of our two part conversation with the president of the National Civil Rights Museum, Dr. Russ Wigginton. Stay tuned as we discuss the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., the intentions and impact behind his final campaign. Learn more about the National Civil Rights Museum and how the museum will be honoring Dr. King's birthday this year. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. So, um, Let's talk about what's in store for Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Um, and of course, you know, there's a lot of people that may not be able to make it there in person. Uh, if there are any virtual op- options for folks to participate, let's talk about those too.
4: Sure. So we we um, it, it is um, it is a powerful, um, unprecedented uh, celebration. Uh, it's 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 uh, it's it's a tremendous that our country celebrates it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we also are reminded that in 1986, that was not the case when the first King day was established. And so we don't spend a lot of time reminding people of that, but we are conscious of the fact that, uh, you know, when I was a college student, uh, the the celebration of King day was, uh, was, was not a foregone conclusion. Mm -hmm. We are the, um, uh, the centerpiece, if you will, for what that means, I think, across the country. Yeah, of course. We expect upwards of ten thousand people on our campus. Uh, it is a, uh, a a a day that's free to anyone in the who attends. It's a it's a magnificent community celebration. It's a renewal for so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, we invite people to go to civilrightsmuseum.org and kingday.org to learn more about the opportunities that will be uh, presented for them, whether they're here in person or uh, virtually. It's a day in which we do the kinds of things that we think Dr. King would would celebrate and stand for. Um, It is a significant day for the mid south food bank because we host a food drive that generates a enormous amount of food for those less fortunate and people bring canned goods and 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 really come together in this unique way we also host a a blood drive that mm. by talent uh, sponsors where people give literally give blood to uh To help in that regard. And as you know, there's there's a national shortage in that regard, particularly as it relates to to African-Americans and people of color. We're we're lucky that we have. um, Not just local support, but national support from sponsors like FedEx and Ford Motor Company and Wells Fargo and uh, uh, many others who. Make sure that we're able to have a day where people can just be on our grounds. They can participate in a in a, a tour. We have a, uh, a 10,000 square foot tent mm. where all kinds of activities for youth, um, other social service organizations get a chance to toot their horn, if you will, and galvanize people to be involved. We have over six hundred volunteers for that day to help uh, ensure that it's a, a true day of renewal. We have music. I mean, we are in Memphis, so you yeah, know, of course, <laughs> having, having music is is kind is of kind of normal, right?
5: Sure, sure. We
4: have music. We have um, uh, moments of spirituality. We play Dr. King speeches uh, throughout the day. It's a powerful. Powerful day. We have the, a unique partnership with the Memphis Grizzlies, um, in which we host a uh, intersection of race and sports forum. Uh, people like uh, Grant Hill will be will serve on that panel this year. It is a um, it's a one of a kind event that really carries a a tone of rejuvenation. Mm. For not just this community, but I think for our society at large.
3: I love that. Um, and and you mentioned a few things, but um, let's also mention the Freedom Award. Uh, that's a, an annual event for the museum, right? Absolutely. So let's talk about that.
4: Since our founding in 1991, we have hosted an annual event called Freedom Award where we lift up individuals, who we think have uh, done extraordinary work in the area of civil and human rights and social justice, and you know, it's 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 a it's a destination event. Okay. We have people come from all over the country to spend spend time with us on that long weekend. Uh, our first recipients were Rosa Parks and Coretta Scott King, and when you think about the three or four people that we honor every year, it is it is a it's a one of a kind list, and and what I like to tell people is, it's so important that we do this because so many of the people that we've lifted up and honored, we 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 are no longer with us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when when you have people like Nelson Mandela and the Dalai Lama who uh, inspired us uh, by being recipients, when you know when, and people who we've recently lost like Sidney Potier and Colin Powell and so many others Jackie Robinson on and on and on two years ago we honored former first lady Michelle Obama and a mm-hmm. special tribute to Darnella Frazier okay. uh, and we also uh, honored uh, the poor people's campaign two years ago this past October it's the third the third Thursday in October every year uh, we honored uh, Pulitzer Prize winning uh, author of the King Trilogy um, uh, Taylor Branch uh, we also honor former our current Pulitzer Prize winner Isabel Wilkerson and we honor FedEx founder Fred Smith who mm-hmm. recently retired and you know to to lift up someone who um, who people know through this corporate lens, but don't know, did not know his full story of the relationship that he built as, while serving in the military, his first deep and meaningful exposure to African-Americans. And how, when he founded that the company FedEx years later, how FedEx really paved the way for senior officers in a company and hiring African-American pilots and that sort of thing. Wow. So back in the early 70s, when FedEx was founded, they had a unprecedented presence of African-American senior leaders before it became the thing to even talk about. And so his story got lifted up. We also gave a special tribute to Jeffrey, Jeffrey Robinson, who's um, whose recent documentary that's on Netflix has been, um, you know, kindly reviewed. He happens to be a Memphis native, and in his his real speaking truth to power documentary around race and racism in this country, we think is really important. So the Freedom Award is is our effort to lift up individuals who have done meaningful work in this country and in this world. We have uh, two, well, our current president, uh, Joe Biden, was a recipient of the Freedom Award several years ago, and 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 years ago, uh, Bill Clinton was as well. So, you know, if we run the gauntlet on the kind of people we try to highlight, mm-hmm. but the real purpose is to make sure that we continue to recognize people who've done uh, extraordinary work through the lens of civil and human rights.
3: I think that there's something special about um a museum um, highlighting you know uh, good work, um, especially you know, like you said, you're trying to capture people um, while they're still around, giving them flowers or or making sure that we highlight those that we may have lost um so that they are kind of enshrined in our uh country's consciousness um i think that we've kind of uh, there's there's been a a not insignificant section uh, of this country that is actively trying to erase our history and so i think that brings me to my next question um I, i want you to talk to our listeners about You know, because we're up against, you know, people battling, pushing back against CRT, quote unquote, um, which in effect is just, is just American history. Um, we're, we're seeing this pushback against telling the truth about our stories, why we are where we are, um, why we want what we want, um, and so forth and so on. And framing our realities in such a way to where, um, things appear to be more circumstantial than, innate, right? This is not the divine order. This is based on an artificial, artificial structures and so forth. And so uh, I, my question is, or rather what I want to hear from you is I want you to explain why the education found at the museum is more important now than ever before.
4: Absolutely. And you are, uh, very astute observations you've just made. And, you know, I assumed this position in August of 2021. And, and part of where I think we are situated now is that we actually have this really distinct opportunity to lift up our voice in a national platform in an unprecedented way. Mm-hmm. And I think we are poised to do that in, in really three strategic areas the first one being education so if you imagine in the in this I'll just call it a conversation
5: because
4: mm-hmm. I'm I'm more diplomatic right sure. it's a conversation or noise around critical race theory yeah and what that means if you think about this place and you think about you what what people, probably don't know is that we have an archive of approximately 11,000 items. Mm. These are facts, tangible, archival materials that most people have never seen and haven't seen the, 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 the vastness of our collection. We are in the process of digitizing all of that material. And we are going to build a curriculum Through the lenses of the National Civil Rights Museum, the way we do our business. Yeah. And we are going to center that for the country and the world. And we don't need school board approval. So we get to do it from our particular lens, depoliticized. And because we've earned respect and regard, people receive They're open to receiving. This rich and complicated and uncomfortable history.
3: Sure. Sure.
4: Very differently than they are if you're trying to push through um, uh, approved or disapproved books through a school system. Yeah. So so we have we have this place. By which that's rooted in the legacy of Dr. King, that we can help change how people even approach and interpret the history of this country.
2: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings
5: Even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to twenty five percent your first year at lifelock dot com slash news. That's lifelock dot com slash news to save up to twenty-five percent. Identity theft protection starts here. <coughs>
1: We are here today with president of the National Civil Rights Museum, Dr. Russ Wigginton, learning about one of Memphis, Tennessee's most historic and important attractions, discussing the life and legacy of Dr. King, as well as the intentions and impact behind his final campaign.
3: So, um, let's tell our listeners uh, how we can support the museum and um, how we can keep up and tap in and all that sort of stuff. So uh, one question i like to ask is, you know, if in fact it is something that people can donate to, how would a person listening to today's show get a dollar from their pocket into the bank account for the National Civil Rights Museum? And then, of course, all the websites and social media.
4: Absolutely. So if they go to civilrightsmuseum.org, they're going to have to click off of a donate. Donate button to get to the richness of our website. So we are uh, inviting people to contribute. And 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 one of the things I think is important for people to know is um, the journey of this museum has been such that um, you know museums are having tough times these days. Mm-hmm. We we are whole, right? So what they can count on is they're investing in something that's been set up to be sustainable. So this isn't, this isn't a situation where a year or two from now, you're going to hear that the museum is, is, um, is about to go out of business because of, because we don't have, you know, the, the, the sort of fiscal foundation by which to uh, operate. At the same time, our ability to take the goodness that we have and really situate it for more people to experience, both in person and virtually, does rely on support. Okay. Um, and, and so when you, when you are on our site, you will see programs that are targeted specifically to educators and youth that are ongoing. We have speaker series. One is called Catalyst for Change, where we lift up particular topics. Uh, in 2023, we will be focusing on one of what I call our pillars. So there's education, there's arts and culture, and there's economic empowerment with a particular focus on health equity. So our Catalyst for Change series will, will be very much targeted on health equity. And when you think about why Dr. King came to Memphis, It wasn't just because there was a sanitation strike. I mean, he disrupted his trip for the Poor People's Campaign to come here. It was because three sanitation workers died who were full-time employees who still qualified for public assistance, and when they died due to poor sanitation truck equipment, they did not have the support from the company or the resources really for a proper barrier. And when you think about health equity, that's an economic empowerment issue then yeah. and today. Now, yeah, Right. So part of what we do is we we use this historical information to make it relevant to today's world. The other thing that's important that that is uh, underway is we are undergoing a significant renovation to the Legacy Building, which is the building across the street from the Lorraine Motel, that is part of our campus, where the alleged shot from James Earl Ray was fired from, and so we are doing a total renovation of that building, and the purpose of that is to answer the question that everybody leaves with after they get a chance to experience room 306, and that is what happened to the movement after Dr. King died? And if you think about his last book, Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos, Our Community. That legacy building will talk about post-1968 and the influence of the traditional civil rights movement on other movements that came after 68 And then think about the continuum of our country from chaos from chaos to community right yeah. and 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 I would argue that we're perpetually on this semi roller coaster of whether we are sort of in positive relations or not right and so when you,
5: think,
4: yeah. <laughs> when you think about this chaos our community we have to talk about post 68 movements and issues and think about how you incorporate all the things that have happened since then in the context of civil human rights. And think about today's 12-year-old who, in a decade, the likelihood that they're going to get a first-hand account of what was happening in 1968 in this this civil rights moment, the likelihood that they're going to get a first-hand account is, is diminishing by the day. Yeah. So how do we make sure young people even care about this stuff? Because it's going to be 75 years, 70 years removed for them. And 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 the, the, the risk of revisionism happening at a whole nother level is at play. So I would argue participating in supporting the museum is making sure that that doesn't happen. Okay.
3: I like that. So um, we have the the website. Let's make sure that we plug in the social media as well um, and uh, just get everyone tapped in because obviously the momentum that you have uh, should be bolstered by each and every one of us. So
4: absolutely. And and certainly, we're on all of the social media platforms. Our hashtag for King Day is uh, our, is hashtag King Day twenty twenty three. Um, I really want to push people to our website uh, so that they can see the the richness and fullness of all of our all of our programs. Yes, sir. We also have a uh, a new program that I'm very excited about. Okay, it's called the Corporate Equity Center. Mm. And it's essentially, and the first aspect of the corporate equity center is called the C Suite Initiative. Okay. And uh, through the generosity of AutoZone, uh, we were able to establish this, and it was really in response to the George Floyd situation.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: So we have built our own DEI programming that that requires you to be centered physically in the museum, and so we are. Uh, offering for corporation and their C-suite leaders to have this immersion experience. We have a expert historian on staff. We have a neuroscientist who talks about the the brain and bias and unbiased disposition. Mm -hmm. We also have a longtime Wall Street executive who's been doing DEI work before we called it that who paints this picture of the inability and lack of success for most companies to recruit and retain and have a sense of belonging for leaders of color. And she has solutions to how that can be remedied because Mm -hmm. she also has success stories. And what's really important about this, this corporate disposition is the same number of Black CEOs that we had in 1970, the same percentage holds true today, if you think about the Fortune 500. Yeah. So essentially, we've made zero progress in 50 years in that context. So, point being, supporting, thinking about this in a comprehensive lens, the corporate culture, our youth our educational curriculum and our fundamental understanding of Dr. King and so many other pioneers and and courageous people who allowed us to um, advance, if you will, uh, our country reaching its full potential. We have programs that, that tap into all of that. Um, in case you were wondering, I kind of like this place.
3: Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, I, I, and that energy is infectious. Uh, let me be the one to share that with you, because, um, like I said, I um, I've been I've been there before, Um, not to the museum, but to the city. And uh, I remember I recognized that I missed going to the Lorraine in short order. And it's just uh, serendipitous that our paths would cross today. So count on me. Uh, attending the museum in the days to come. So um, I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to share uh, your insight, of course, and to share your passion with us today on this show. So once again, today's guest is the president of the National Civil Rights Museum, Dr. Russ Wigginton. Uh, thank you again, sir. Appreciate it.
4: It's been my absolute pleasure. I appreciate the work that that you all do, and. Uh, I consider you to be uh, one of our friends and partners, so let's stay in touch.
3: Absolutely.
1: I'm Maggie B. Nowen, and today I'll leave you with this. Quote, life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? Unquote. A faithful futurist, family man, and supreme go-giver in his time. This is one of Dr. King's most well-known, most impactful, and is certainly one of his most timeless quotes. Showcased in this conversation today, in the museum itself, and in the innumerable places around the globe where he is honored and celebrated. More than 50 years after the assassination of his body, the life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. continues to teach, continues to lead, and continues to thrive. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was a man of divinity, a man of service, a man of courage, and a man of love. His life for all generations to come will forever be one of the most distinguished, outstanding, and clearest examples that we will be able to refer to and strive to live in alignment with. The National Civil Rights Museum at the Lorraine Motel in Memphis, Tennessee, in its strength, its support, its strategy, and its success, is another bold testimony of not only our nation's love and respect for Dr. King, but is a valiant monument standing tall against all roots of evil and hate in the name of peace, love, and justice. What was once just a motel is now a holy, educational, and protected community site. Roof. In the 3D That love will always triumph over hate That love will always win Love does not fail Love does not die Dr. King's great friend and sister Dr. Maya Angelou's quote summarizes this concept best She says I know for sure that love saves me And it is here to save us all Unquote As Dr. King's life and legacy demonstrate Love is what will lead us Love is what will save us. A purposed and dedicated life of service and love, a life committed to loving and lifting others, is truly a life that lives and gives forever. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. Find your daily podcast host at Ramses Jaw on all social media. And did you have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. We'd love to hear from you. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. We look forward to your joining us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective. Right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast.
2: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you